Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. in you to say that miracles can come out of your mouth. The problem is you get to choose what comes out of your mouth. And we're going to talk about this whole concept today. But I think just going off the back of that song, I have the authority that Jesus has given me. And some of you have forgotten the authority that is within you to change your circumstances around. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity today that we are all gathered here in person and for those who are also tuning in online. God, we give you thanks, good God, that you are, that you are present with all of us. God, may we not forget or take lightly the authority of Jesus Christ within each of us. I pray in these next few moments as I talk, Father God, that something of you will waken up in the lives of many and help them to realize, God, help us all to realize, God, that we are not flawed, failed, and forgotten. But Jesus went to the cross so that we may have life in abundance. And I pray, God, that we will take some of that abundant life home with us today at the end of this message. And I ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead, take your seats. So we've been in a collection of talks called Stumbling Into Place. And it got me thinking a little bit differently this week. I've been thinking a lot about the mind and the mindset, the way that we think, because the way that we think affects the way that we live. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the 90-10 the principle. Is a guy called Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey. He was a famous author, and he once described this principle called the 90-10, which actually um, life skill gurus, entrepreneurs, they teach this around the globe now. He said that actually there is 10% of our life that we cannot change and we have no control over. Things like you can't help the traffic on the road. You can't change the, the cost of living. These are things you can't control. But he said the 90% is your reaction or the way you think around the things that you cannot 
change. So if you could get a grip of the 90% of your life that you are in control of, it will change the trajectory of the life that you travel on. The 90-10 rule, you can't help getting stuck at a red traffic light, but you can choose how you respond to that red traffic light. And it's not our job to stand on this platform and tell you how to live your life. That's not what we're here for. But what we're here to do is to teach you about the authority that you can take over your mind, given to you through Christ Jesus. And we all know, right, that a right-thinking person always becomes a right-living person. And so this talk that I want to bring to you today is actually one that I've done at Braveheart last year. And, but when I was thinking around this subject, it was just so fitting. I thought, actually, this is not just for the girls. This is for all of us collectively. So girls, if you're a Braveheart, you get to hear it again. But I wholeheartedly believe that this is a powerful concept in this message, that if we could just apply this to our lives, we're going to see significant difference. Uh, you often hear me refer from the platform about the enemy enemy. Some of us are blaming the enemy. We're blaming the devil for everything. But the greatest battle that you will ever do is with the enemy. And the enemy wants to keep you out of God's best by constantly reminding you of your worst. The way you think directly affects the way you see. How you think about a thing directly Um, affects the way that you see that thing. So how you see your relationships, how you see your friendship circles, how you see your marriage, how you see your situation, is you filter the way you think about them through what you see. And so quite often our bias down is that we think negatively. We will look at somebody and have a critical thought before we find the good to think about them. When we think about ourselves, we'll have a critical thought, we'll self-critique before we edify or build ourselves up. When you're thinking about your car or your job, you'll, you know, your home, everything that's not being done, you'll think of all of that before you see what is good and what is done. Negative thinking always leads to this thing called overthinking. Overthinking that thought that is just on repeat in your mind that you can't stop thinking about and you go to bed and you wake up and you're up for about an hour and it's there again and you're thinking about it and you're over-processing and we all struggle with overthinking one way or another. Overthinking is a thief. It robs you. It robs you of your time. It robs you of your creativity. It robs you of your productivity. It steals from you. We spend weeks, days overthinking scenarios like, I wish I hadn't of. I can't believe I said. I regret making that dumb decision. And we spend so much time overthinking the things that we cannot change. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? What if I'd done that differently? And yet, we give very little thought to the good that you did do. 
Because at some point in that day, you showed an act of kindness. At some point, you were a generous person. You did have a good thought. You did help someone in conversation. You did make a great decision, but instead, you will give hours, days of your precious time overthinking the thing that you got wrong, that you did wrong, that you wish you had never done. We'll spend time pondering on regret. And all of the time, it's robbing you of precious time. You know, like life is like an hourglass and that sand is running, people, and it's running fast. And once the sand has gone through to the bottom part, you can't get that back again. It is gone. And so we find ourselves wasting life, procrastinating, thinking about the things that we wish we could change, but we can't. Overthinking, it steals time from you. It affects your mood. It drains your energy. It procrastinates you and it reduces you. And yet, nobody ever overthinks a compliment. In all my years of pastoring, I have never had somebody come to me and say, Emma, I have this problem. I have this thought on repeat in my mind. What a beautiful person I am. (laughs) I am so troubled by this thought. I can't sleep. I am traumatized because I'm so beautiful. Like, I've never experienced that. People only want to come to you and tell you, It's negative, it's wrong, it's self-critiquing. I did this wrong, I got this wrong, I said this wrong. We give very little time to any of the good that we did do. This talk that I'm giving you today really is a springboard from a book that I read by a guy called John Acuff, and he wrote a book called Soundtracks. He says that soundtracks are the thoughts that you have in your mind. A soundtrack is what you hear in your mind when you associate it with a something. It's that thought. So you see a something, you might see a person and instantaneously you have a thought about that person. That is your soundtrack. It's repetitive thoughts that you associate with an image. And I'm going to just prove this to you all now, right? Because I'm going to show you an image in a moment. And I want you to out loud tell me what it is that you hear when you see this image. <laughs> Carry on, band. Da, 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 da. It's like, go for it, Sarah. It's like, it is a sound that you automatically hear in your mind based off the image that you see. Give us another image, guys. <laughs> you all know it, you know. When... Come on, let's give it up for the band. They are amazing. <laughs> But we see the image and the soundtrack automatically plays out with what you hear. It's what you associate in your mind with the image that you see. What you hear 
always accompanies what you see. It's the soundtrack that you play out in your mind. It's the first thought that you have when you see a thing. So I am going to ask you a question that you can answer personally to yourself. But what is the soundtrack, the first thought you have when you see an image of yourself? Because I promise you it'll be a soundtrack that's been playing for a number of years. It will sound something like this. Ah, I wish I was taller. Wish me thighs were slimmer. I wish I was shorter. I hate myself. Nobody wants to know me. I'm hopeless. You'll never get a job. Nobody ever liked you anyway. You're unpopular. I look depressed. It's a soundtrack that we've been speaking out subconsciously over ourselves every time we think about ourselves, every time we see an image about ourselves. What is the thing that you think on when you think about work? For some of you, it will be, I'm overlooked. I'm underpaid. I'm hopeless. For some of you, it will be, I hate the place. And every time you're driving into work or every time you're looking for a job, the soundtrack plays out in your mind. It is a repetitive thought that you associate with that place and you can't move away from it. You have a soundtrack that plays out in your marriage. Yes, you do. For some of you girls, it's the soundtrack of, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do, he won't do, he can't do. And every time you're speaking about your husband, that soundtrack is coming out of your mouth. Some of you guys, you have a soundtrack that plays out with your wife and it was a wish she was and a wish she could. And every time you see your wife and every time you speak about your wife, that is the soundtrack that plays out. So the thoughts that you have on repeat in your mind, they are your soundtrack and they go. It's what you hear with what you see. How many, how many people have met somebody for the first time and you've shook the hand and you've smiled and you've exchanged pleasantries and you walk away thinking, oh, I quite like them. They're really nice. Then somebody tells you something about them. And it might be a truth, but it might be a fable. It might just be gossip, but either way, it now changes the way you see them. Now you look at them differently. Now you're looking at them in the light of what you've been told about them. So you will either win in life or fail in life, depending on the thoughts that you have. You are only going to ever, you're going to achieve, you're going to succeed, you're going to overcome. You are going to be blessed in certain aspects of your life, or you're going to be depressed and you're going to be downcast and you're going to live a life of regret, depending on the soundtrack that you play out according to the different areas of your life. So you've got to ask yourself the question, what do I want to see? What do I want to see in my relationship? What do I want my health report to be? What do I want to see in my finances? What do I want to see in, in a friend? What is it that I want to see? Because whatever you have on repeat in your head 
is your soundtrack. But here is the best news. You can create new soundtracks to purposely position your life. So you can start thinking about how you want your marriage to be, how you want your relationships to be, how you want your work life to be, and you can create new soundtracks to purposely position your life. You know, I dislike the radio. And I dislike the radio because I have to listen to a whole bunch of stuff that I'm just not interested in. I don't want to know what's the best flipping window fitting, double glazing product out that I'm not interested in all of the bumps that I have to listen to. I then have to listen to a bunch of songs that I'm not particularly interested in either. But occasionally, it just might throw out a tune that I like. So I have done what many of you have done, and I created my own Spotify playlist. So now I get to choose all the music that I listen to. That means that I get to set the atmosphere in my car. And I know exactly what kind of a mood I'm going to be in because I pick my music to feed me, to edify me, to build me up, to make me feel good. And so I know it's going to, because you do know that music can affect what you hear, can affect that the way you behave. And so I know what kind of a feeling I'm going to be in. And I know, um, because I set the atmosphere in my car, I get to choose exactly what I want to hear. And I want you to know today that your thoughts are no different. You get to choose. You choose how you want to think. You choose how you want to, to hear. You know, some of you are listening to a whole bunch of thoughts and have been for a long time that you don't even want to be having. How many people just have thoughts going around in the head and everything, head and everything inside of you saying, I don't, I don't even want to be listening to this. A bunch of negative thoughts. You don't even want to be live, listening to, but nothing in your circumstances will change until you change your mind. Once the soundtrack on the inside changes, then I promise you everything on the outside is also subject to change. Filmmakers understand this. Filmmakers understand that the image you see on the screen is only a fraction of what makes the movie. What makes the movie is the thing that you hear that accompanies what you see. Who's old enough to remember Jaws movie? I mean, it's pretty daft when we watch it now, but if you remember the Jaws movie coming out, it wasn't what you saw that had you gripping the edge of the couch. It was what you heard with what you saw that had you gripping the edge of the couch. There's a whole bunch of kids and they're all in the sea and they're all splashing and playing and somewhere in the background there's this shark fin. It's showing it's come out the water and the kids are all in the sea. They've no idea about this shark fin. But all of a sudden you hear, dunnan, 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 dunnan. And you're on the edge of your seat. Why? Because it was what you heard that went with what you saw that triggered an emotion on the inside of you. And, and so movie makers, they know this. They want to get to your emotion. And visually, they can't do that. But when they create a movie, they want you to feel happy or sad or afraid. Or they want you to laugh or they want you to feel love. They want you to experience an emotion that they know can only come through sound 
Do you not think the enemy knows that too? Do you not think that the way that he's going to affect your life is going to come more through what you're thinking on, more what you hear in your mind associated with what you see? Let me show you a bit of imagination now, but let me just show you what this looks like. Okay, I'm going to show you a scene of some children in the woods. I want you to listen to the music. Okay, we're going to play exactly the same scene, but we're going to change the soundtrack behind it. And now you're all screaming, don't go into the woods! Like, visually, nothing changed. But what you heard with what you saw changed. And now it changed how you saw what you saw. It's a really important lesson. If you don't like what you're thinking on, you need to change your soundtrack. Just like we've just changed the music to that image. I have the authority Jesus has given me, okay? Start by thinking about something that you want. What do you want? Job? A date? A pay rise? Something, it doesn't have to be something spiritual, can be. But just think of something that you want for your life. Weight loss? What is it that you want? Now listen to the first thing that comes into your mind. Because whatever the first thing is that comes into your mind, that's the soundtrack that you play out every time you think upon that thing. And once you realize that you can control your thoughts, it's going to change your actions. And when you change your thoughts, you change your actions, and change actions, change results. um, Joshua knew this. He had to take on the lead of the children of Israel. Once Moses had died, God was like, tag, you're it. They were pretty big shoes for Joshua to step into. Suddenly, he's the leader of the whole of the nation of Israel. I'm going to read how this reads out in in Joshua chapter 1. God's speaking, and he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give you, to give them, the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, As I promised to Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. So Joshua is now, he's the lead commander um, of the, the... the children of Israel, but there's this problem because he's got the job of taking them into the promised land, but, but there's this huge wall in front of them, like this enormous wall in front of them, and it's the wall of Jericho, 
but he knows the promised land, the land that they've been aiming and walking towards for 40 years. It's just on the other side. And Joshua steps into these really big shoes right at the 12th hour. And, and, and God says, Moses has led them this far, but he's gone. It's your turn, Joshua. Get these people into the promised land. We speak about this often from the platform that we all have a promised land that God's got for us to step into. It's a promised land of full health. It is a promised land of marriage, a happily married life. It's a promised land of, of, of starting a family, starting a new career. God has promised land experiences all through your life. But the only problem was in order for Joshua to take possession of his dream, they had this huge wall in front of them. This wall was over 46 feet high. It was so deep that they would build homes within the wall. So we're not talking of a little garden wall that they had to hop over or a little wall that they could just climb over. What we're talking about is an impossible situation. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life, periodically, I come up against what I call impossible situations. And you might be facing your impossible situation. And in the context of this story, that's your Jericho. It's like, how am I, like this mental health battle that I have, this is my Jericho. It is an impossible wall. No one can get over it or around it. I've tried everything. It's impossible. This relational breakdown, it's my Jericho. It's an impossible wall. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through it or on the other side of it. It just looks impossible. It's the habit. It's the addiction. It's the thing that's a cycle and a circle in your life and you just can't seem to break it. That pattern is your wall. So Joshua is facing the biggest challenge of his life and he's responsible for all these people. He felt completely overwhelmed. Bible doesn't tell us that. Bible doesn't tell us what Joshua was thinking. But if I was leading nearly three million people, if, if, if I had the responsibility of stepping into Moses' shoes, I would be thinking, oh, well, Moses met face to face with God. I haven't got a clue what God looks like. Well, Moses wrote the Ten Commandments. I've never written anything in my life. Like, Moses just would throw his rod and, the, you know, it would become a serpent or, or the, the sea would part. And I have not seen any of that in my lifetime. God, who am I that you would choose me? Who am I that you would ask me to lead these people? I feel inadequate. I feel ill-equipped. He was facing the biggest challenge. I'm so nervous. I'm afraid. What if they all die? What if the wall falls on them? What if I kill the nation of Israel? They would be the thoughts that I would be having. He's facing the biggest challenge when God spoke a brand new soundtrack into his life. And this is how we know that Joshua was afraid because of what God spoke to him. He said, Joshua, I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Think upon this, Joshua. Think upon this. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong. Be courageous. God knew for Joshua to overcome the huge problem in front of him, he first had to combat the discouragement that was within him. If he didn't combat the discouragement that was within him, he would never overcome 
the problem that he was facing. So he had to change what he was telling himself. And God gave him a new soundtrack, a soundtrack of hope, a soundtrack of encouragement, a soundtrack of, I can believe the impossible can be made possible to him who believes in God. I believe that. I'm going to keep on telling myself that. I can do it because if my God is for me, then who or what can be against me? That's the hope I'm going to hold on to. God has just said to me, you know, he'll never leave me or forsake me. He's told me to be strong. He's told me to be courageous. God has a soundtrack for what you're facing today. He's got it for that problem. He's not going to step into your life and just fix the problem. He's not going to remove that issue. It's not going to disappear. But God said, I've equipped you through my word for you to take defeat over the enemy. When you open up your mouth, miracles come flooding out. Why? Because the power of change is in you. You've got to change the way you speak. And you know, my best advice that I could give you is get your soundtrack from the word of God. You know, we stand up here week after week, just preaching and teaching, and we'll pick different subjects and different themes. And and we do this week after week after week. But you know, in a nutshell, we're only ever saying the same thing. The power of God has the, the, the word of God has the power to change your life. Open it, read it, believe it, live it. It's like every single week, it's the same message. So God has a soundtrack of hope and wisdom and encouragement for you. His word is full of soundtracks that if you play them through your life, you too are going to be able to overcome the impossible just as Joshua did. God wants to play the same soundtrack in your mind that he played to Joshua. He wants to say to you today, do you know, sitting on this chair in 2023, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Come on, whoever you are. Be strong, be courageous, believe in me, believe in yourself in me, because you can do all things through Christ who, who, makes, who strengthens you. The other thing we see in this story is that immediately after God changes Joshua's soundtrack, he then gives him an instruction. And the instruction is the answer to the question, how do I keep playing the right soundtrack? I mean, it's all right to get a soundtrack from God, but how do I keep playing the right soundtrack in my mind? Well, God answers him in verse eight. Keep this book, the law, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So you may be careful to do everything, everything that is written in it. Simply translated, read your Bible, Josh. Like, that's what God is saying. It's like, keep this book, the law. Keep my word. Keep the word of God close to you. Day and night, learn the scriptures. Understand how you can apply them, how they work for you in your life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whether you're here, whether you're there, this nation, another nation. God is with you wherever you are. He says, don't, don't forget what I'm telling you, but keep this book, the law. It's a book of faith. It's a book of answers. It's a book of miracles. It's a book of ordinary people who did extraordinary songs when they tuned into God's soundtrack for their life. You get to choose the thoughts 
that you listen to. You get to choose those thoughts. And you just need to find one small thought. You cannot help what pops into your head. How many know a million thoughts will pop into your head every single day? You can't help that. Have you ever had a thought and thought, oh gosh, where did that come from? Like it just came. But you do get to choose what you dwell on. You do get to choose what you think on. You do get to choose what you meditate on. If you can have the smallest thought of, I can do this. I choose to believe this. You know, Luke's away in the States at the moment. He's been away a little while. And I woke up about three o'clock in the morning the other morning with thoughts raging around my head. I mean, just some things that we've got happening and going on in our world right now. And I kid you not, I went down a rabbit hole because I started to create scenarios and I started to invent stories and I started to imagine things that haven't happened, but how I would respond in case that did happen. You know, those are, and I actually sat up in bed and I said to myself audibly in the pitch black, I'm not listening to this. I need to go to sleep. I choose thoughts of peace. And I changed my mind immediately. You choose. You don't have to absorb everything that comes into your mind. Choose. You know, you have to believe in yourself before anybody else believes in you. You have to believe in yourself before the doctor gives you the good report. You have to believe in yourself before the bank manager believes in you. You have to believe in yourself before your spouse believes in you, before your friends could ever believe in you. You have to believe in you. Proverbs 3, 23, 7 says, as a person thinks about themselves, so they become. As a person thinks about themselves, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It really doesn't. What matters, what will affect you and what will change you is how you think about you. Zig Ziglar, he was a famous author, motivational speaker, and he used to call this telling yourself the truth in advance. Just be kind to yourself. Tell yourself the truth in advance. It's not brainwashing, not according to the word of God. But God says, think healthy thoughts. If you don't like what you see, tell yourself what you want to see. And that is what you will see in the future. Tell yourself the truth in advance. It's a discipline. It's not something you feel like doing. It's a discipline. Well, you've got to put disciplines in your life. Do you know that discipline is the gift you give yourself today so that you can live a better tomorrow? Give yourself the gift of discipline. Not just going to do what I feel like. Not just going to think on anything that comes into my mind. I'm going to discipline myself. You know, God didn't give you a book of rules. He gave you a book of disciplines. When you have thoughts that pop into your head, ask your thoughts, three questions. Now, I'm not talking about what you're going to wear or what your tea is or not, not like that. I'm talking about, you know, thoughts that have a habit of taking your life down a rabbit hole. Self-destructive thoughts, wrong thoughts, immoral thoughts, any thoughts. You, you need to ask yourself three questions. Is it true? Is it helpful? And is it kind? 
is what I'm thinking about, is it the truth? Because if it's not the truth, you don't have to think about it. It is what I'm thinking about, is it helpful? Is it pushing me further to being the person that I want to become, or is it not? And is it kind? Is what I'm thinking about myself kind? Is what I'm thinking about that person kind? If it's not true, and it's not helpful, and it's not kind, you do not have to entertain it. <laughs> Philippians 4.8, God gives you permission to think new thoughts. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly, things to be praised and not things to curse. It's written here in the Word of God. God says, I made you, I designed you, I gave you the mind that you think with, and I know how it best flourishes in your life. I know how it best functions by thinking upon these things. You can program your thoughts to think differently. We live in a day and an age now where scientists understand this thing called neuroplasticity. You know it, neuroplasticity, we've talked about this before, but it's where your brain can physically change based on the thoughts that you have. Isn't that incredible? That your brain can physically change based on the thoughts that you have. Scientists teach us about neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. The generations before us, they did not have this information at hand. But actually, when you read about neuroplasticity or neurogenesis, which neurogenesis is, every day you wake up, your brain has created new cells. And those new cells are waiting to be told what to do. And if you don't order them and teach them new habits and new ways to think, they default into doing what the old brain cells have already done. We're the first generation to have this information at hand, but actually it just backs up what the Bible's been teaching us for years, years. God talks about your mind, change your mind, change your life. So it, you can hire, choose the thoughts that you have, just like you choose your clothes for the next day. If I'm going to the gym, I've got my gym stuff lined up or laid out. If I'm going into a meeting, then I've got like work clothes that are lined out. What I choose what I'm going to wear according to the day that I'm going to have. If I'm going to have a meeting, if I've got to sit down with one of my boys and have a conversation, I think beforehand, how do I want this conversation to go? What do I want it to end up like? What do I want for him? What do I want for me? I don't just storm into the conversation. I think and you get to choose. You can choose the night before. What kind of a day do I want tomorrow? What do I want tomorrow to look like? What do I want to see in my family? What do I want to see when I go to work? How do I want to be in that situation? Pre-deciding your thoughts, it's as important as pre-deciding the clothes that you wear. So you don't have to go looking for negativity because negativity will just find you. It just has this habit of finding you. You don't have to look hard or think hard about how rubbish you feel, how bad you feel, how rejected you feel. Because the enemy is the father of lies. And he wants to deceive you and blind you and keep you out of knowing the truth about yourself. He knows that if he can get into your mind 
He will prevent you from being the person all that you could become, all that God says you could become. You see, there's a battle going on and the battle is over your soul where the one who is the truth, the light and the way, his name is Jesus, is doing war with the father of lies whose name is Satan. And they're warring over your life, your soul. But the battleground is in here. The battleground is in the mind. The enemy knows that you'll be an influencer in your friendship circles and an influencer in your household. You have to search for the good, for the positive and the truth. But the Bible says when you search with all of your heart, you will find it. Isaiah 55, as I close, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And so if you're on lockdown in your mind with repetitive thoughts, you've got to get a new way of thinking. How do you do that? Well, you find out how God thinks. You find out what God has to say about your situation. Because the enemy will always want to keep you out of God's best by getting you to believe your worst. And remember, right thinking always leads to right living. Can we stand today, church? think sometimes it's so hard because the mind is something that we cannot see. I think if we were talking about, you know, something to do with our forearm or our, or our leg or something that we could physically see, we'd have a lot more confidence about how we applied it and how we make changes. But God created you and designed you and he put you together. Psalm 139 says you were intricately woven together in your woman's, in your mother's womb. Every detail of your life, every cell, every sinew, every fiber, he put your mind together. And I think God can fix broken minds. I think God can bring order to wrong mindsets. I believe God can break addictive patterns. I think he's just looking for people who say, I want this. I want this. And I choose to cling to your word and have it with me day and night, God, till I begin to think upon your thoughts, which are higher and greater than my own broken soundtracks. So with every head bowed, let's pray. That Father God, I pray for all of us in here today, Lord God, that for every person having heard this, Lord God, that we would seize hold of your truth. We would seize a hold of your word. Lord God, that we would know that we know that we know that you have got something to say about me. You've got something to say about my situation. You've got something to say about my tomorrow, God, that isn't a reflection of what my past was that I can't change what has been, God, but I can change how I think about myself. I can change how I think about my tomorrow. I can change how I think about my situation. And I'm praying, God, and I'm believing, God, that you will be the God as you were with Joshua, so you will be with me. 
You will be the God that doesn't leave me and doesn't forsake me, God. That you will be the God that helps me to become strong and courageous. And I pray, Father God, that we all begin to take on a new mindset under the influence and the power of your spoken word. And in doing so, God, we will know what it is to begin to experience changed lives. I want to pray for anybody who maybe is not a follower of Christ and maybe you've been in here today and heard something that's come alive on the inside of you. I want you to know that Jesus is very much alive and well and he's interested in your life. And actually, he's not just in a church, but he wants to live in you and he wants to be a part of your week. He wants to be a part of your world. So as I pray this prayer now, if that is you, we've talked about a war that's waging over your soul, over your life. The best decision that you could ever make for your eternal destiny is to put your life in the hands of Jesus. So if that's you, just repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I thank you that I find myself here today Lord, I pray that I learn what it is to walk with you and talk with you. I believe that you can be with me always. Forgive me, God, for my wrong thoughts. Forgive me, God, for my sins. Today, I ask Jesus to come and live in my heart. In his mighty name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.